0: Hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Lizzie of Lizzie and the Makers over Zoom Video. Lizzie was born and raised in New York City, and she talks about where she grew up and how she got into music. She comes from a musical household. Her grandfather was an opera singer. Her dad was in a band, musician, actually still plays in a band. Not professionally anymore, but they were all a huge influence on Lizzie growing up. She went to a bunch of musicals on Broadway and different jazz clubs. She got into songwriting when she was in college, but she took music theory from like four years old on piano lessons, didn't join a band until she was in college when she started writing songs. She talks about the first open mic night she played, and that's where she met the guitar player that ended up joining her band for a while. We learn how the band Lizzie and the Makers started, the two incredible producers that they worked with on this brand new record, one who's in The Cure and worked with Bowie, the other guy worked with Bowie. She'll tell you who they are when you listen to the interview. And we talk a lot about the new record from Lizzie and the Makers. You can watch the interview on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We would love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at bringing back pod. And if you are listening to this on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you could follow us there and leave us a five star review, that would mean the world to us. Thank you so, so much.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're Bringing It Backwards with Lizzie and the Makers. Uh, my name's Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So uh, I guess we always start off with where you're born and raised. So where were you born and raised?
1: Uh, born and raised in New York City in Manhattan. Uh, wow. Yeah, born at Mount Sinai. I'm a native New Yorker that still lives here. Rare, Rare breed.
0: Sure. Yeah, I'm from... <laughs> San Diego and not uh, in California, not a lot of people born and raised in California. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of transplants there. Uh, That's awesome. What was it like growing up in the city? Did you have a lot of, I would imagine you had a lot of freedom.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of access to cool things, you know, like I grew up near Lincoln Center, got to, for me, going to musicals on Broadway was pretty normal, uh, which is cool. I don't Mm -hmm. think growing up, I realized the extent to which that was, um, an advantage other people didn't have um mm-hmm. but really a lot of the access to live music is what what i remember most and what really kind of inspired me to pursue it myself uh you know jazz clubs opera show tunes whatever what have mm-hmm. you really cool um but yeah intense <laughs> <Very>
0: <laughs> yeah because you can essentially get anywhere that's what i always think is crazy is that you can get on a subway and or yeah then get on the subway and go like the Jersey, you can go anywhere, right? I mean, yeah. essentially, you have the freedom to just bail. Yeah, <laughs> in
1: California, True, yeah. you
0: have to literally give a car or have a car to get anywhere.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I was talking to someone about that yesterday. Uh, I have a lot of friends that live in LA, mm-hmm. and there have been a few times where I've thought about jumping ship and moving there, and then I'm like, no, I can't. Sit in
0: traffic for an hour to go a mile. I just can't do yeah.
1: it. Yeah, you're better off just <laughs> so <much. Yeah>. walking. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 definitely a different a different uh, pace for sure when it comes to that stuff. Even in San Francisco, I lived in San Francisco for a handful of years, and mm-hmm. you could you could get around, but not as easily as you would think. I mean, you can get around the city, but if you're in the East Bay or anything else, it's not yeah like as easy as it is there. Um, yeah. So, how did you get into music? I mean, obviously, going to musicals and show tunes and all that stuff was in your childhood. But, like, what did you play piano at a very early age, or like, where did your journey start?
1: Um, so, I actually did. I started taking music classes, like music theory classes, when I was about four. Wow! And so my my dad was a musician. My grandfather was an opera singer and my grandmother was a classical harpsichordist. So, okay, so
0: yeah, it's all throughout your family, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't think I really had a choice. Um, but uh, <laughs> luckily, I loved it, so it didn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. And then I did start taking piano lessons, I think the year after I started music classes because there was another girl in my class taking piano lessons. I was jealous. So, so,
0: so, so you I, were taking harp- music theory before even playing a note yeah like yeah. so what i get I, well correct me I, I thought music i don't really know i didn't study music <laughs> theory by any means i i, I like speaking to people on the mm-hmm. subject but not uh i'm no you know player uh, mm-hmm. by any means but so music isn't music theory more learning about why notes go with c- certain notes go together and uh or yeah, what's, what's think- the real behind the the curtain of music theory i
1: think when when you start i mean first of all at a young age i mean they're not getting too advanced sure. <laughs> but a lot of it is um uh learning to read music you know just read music oh, okay. um, what what a time signature is um i think i remember as a kid us having drums and learning how to like play different time signatures and so like the, the very basic building blocks um oh. that help you kind of pick up an instrument so Oh, that's cool. Go- I
0: didn't realize it was yeah. that in-depth when it comes yeah, to, even, I mean, go- prior yeah. to that.
1: Yeah. Um, and like ear training too is a big thing. Um, just recognizing intervals and, mm-hmm. and being able to, to know what the intervals are without, you know, just by hearing them and not by seeing them on the instrument or seeing them um, on sheet music, which I think really helps, has helped me as a singer. I mean, it really having the air training was invaluable, but sure. yeah, I was You're... a pretty serious child.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you said your dad was a musician. Is he like professional? Professionally? He, is that what he did?
1: Yeah, he, he did for a while. So he was not classical, like his parents. Um, he played guitar, had a rock band, grew up in Iowa. Um, and their band was kind of like when they were teenagers, they would, play they would support other musicians touring through the midwest so like my dad played with chuck berry a bunch when he was touring oh, wow. through iowa and and and, and the neighboring uh, states there mm-hmm. um so he did that for a while and then in 1969 uh his whole band got drafted to vietnam that for him so the band broke up and he went to law school oh and
0: wow that, that, yeah. so he kept I'm playing scared, he, uh, i mean wow yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay.
1: Yeah. Pretty. So pretty. then
0: he's what a lawyer now? Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> but he still, you know, still plays, plays a lot and, That's and
0: cool.
1: makes me sing back up in his band.
0: Oh, so and he's playing again. He's doing grud- it. Lib-
1: Begrudgingly as a daughter. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very cool. Well, okay. So you started playing piano. What after you took the music theory class?
1: Yeah. So around four or five, I started playing p- classical piano which I really liked. Um, I really liked composers like Chopin and Rachmaninoff. They were kind of like the angsty music I related to uh, growing up. You know, some people have like Fiona Apple or Tori Amos and I, I had my uh, French, uh, you know, moody composers that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> channeled my teenage uh, rage and, and um, hopelessness. But um But yeah, I think, and then it wasn't really until I think I was like 11 or 12 where I just started noticing I kind of had a talent for singing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, so I, you know, did it in school, sang in the chorus and by college, I think I really gravitated towards jazz and blues. Um, So that's kind of how that journey okay. went. It was very chronological.
0: Sure. <laughs> no. Yeah. Did yeah, you, absolutely. did you go to college for music?
1: Um, I, I did minor in music in college. Mm-hmm. I was going to major and um, I was a very irreverent uh, college student. So I just, seemed to disagree with all of my professors uh, <laughs> <laughs> about various things. So I ended up minoring instead of majoring in music. Uh, but right. initially my intention was to, to go there for music. So I'm, okay. I still came out. Okay. The other mm-hmm. end.
0: Sure. Yeah. Did you have bands in high school or college?
1: Um, first band I was in was in college. Yeah. Um, I sang backup and some lead, um, it was fine, but I went to a school, I went to Dartmouth, which was very, uh, frat, uh, heavy. Okay. So like live music, there weren't a lot of bands on the scene. Like you would expect in a college, There was just a lot of drinking <laughs> and beer pong.
0: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> what about was deep? Deep? <laughs> what? go ahead.
1: I wasn't a band and, and I actually, there are a couple bands I was in that never made it to their first show. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was an experience, yeah.
0: <laughs> when did you begin writing music or writing songs?
1: Um, I started, started writing in college. I think I would sometimes hear melodies um, mm-hmm. and think of lyrics. And so I just started writing everything down in college. Um, and then when I graduated, I went to work at a recording studio and uh, learned how to uh, be a sound engineer and they were demos for free and stuff like that. Um, But I was very nervous at first to share my songs. I felt like they were so personal Mm -hmm. and vulnerable and, you know, you play these really intimate, uh, you know, these intimate stories for people and then they judge you. And so I was very (laughs) scared people were not going to like what I wrote um, because it was like in a way, an extension of, of myself you know it was mm-hmm. like, well, if you don't like my songs you don't like me uh very uh it was very hard for me to get the guts to finally play play them live but mm-hmm. eventually yeah. i did I had a lot of support from the people at the studio and they were they were very nice but i think yeah. I, I wasted like six years just hiding. not being
0: vulnerable <laughs> enough to show yeah. people I mean, that's yeah. terrifying what what made like how'd you overcome that and say okay i'm gonna just you know screw this yeah. i'm doing it
1: um you know i sang I was singing at an open mic. I had developed this like karaoke addiction okay. um, where I would go to karaoke and I would spend like at least a hundred dollars bribing the DJ to let me cut in line and skip everybody.
0: <laughs> Which is a think- nightmare in itself, right? I mean, th- those guys have not made. Cause then yeah. it's always like, all right, Hey, I'm Adam. And this is karaoke night. First, you're going to have to hear me sing three songs. Then I'm going to let my friends go. And then I'm going to do two more.
1: Like, yeah. It's yeah.
0: Ne- you never get a chance. You put your yeah. name in. <laughs> Four hours in, you get to sing your song, and that's if someone else didn't choose it.
1: Exactly. Um, I think eventually, I was like, you know, I'm spending a lot of money on this. Maybe I should start a band. Maybe, you know, clearly I like to sing, uh-huh. so um, I started singing at open mics around the city. And there was a guitarist that was starting a band and needed a singer, and happened to show up to one of the open mic nights I was in, and he asked me to join his band and I played him some of my original songs and he really liked them. I was like, all right. Okay. So okay. finally showed them to someone whose opinion I respect and he says they're good. So I guess this is okay. I can, I can get on stage and do this. And, uh, we had like a big album release and thought it was going to be great. And then after the album release, he informed me the band was done. So what like, a ah. big show recorded an album and everything and then he was like that's all i wanted to do uh, and i thought well i thought we we're going to you know tour and play more <laughs> yeah. shows what's the deal and uh luckily I, another guitarist uh approached me and was wanting to write songs and, and that's the guy i'm still writing with today 11 11 years later but Oh
0: wow and that was kind of the beginning of of this band now
1: Yeah, Lizzie and the Makers. Yeah, i oh, think wow. there, there is you know it, it's a big city and you hear stories about people being discovered and you think they're BS and, and it doesn't happen anymore. But there's so much to timing in this mm-hmm. city. It really is a small world, like musically. Like I feel like so many projects I'm involved in are just word of mouth or someone knows somebody or I happen to be at this show at this time when this person is getting off stage and um, you know it's really cool that it happens so organically. It's not just going online and going on Craigslist and finding postings and auditioning for bands sure. and stuff like that. It's a, it's a little, it's a tight knit community for sure, but everything I owe to just timing basically.
0: So, when, so finding that uh, the, the, the other person to join the band, was that like, uh, did you keep all the same songs? Like, was that the first, what, variation of Lizzie and the Makers was this thing that you started with this other guy and then he ends up leaving after you put the first record out? Is that what I'm following here
1: um so the first band was not lizzie and the makers so that was the first band was a blues band and i did write a couple songs um and then that band was supposed to play a show but the guy informed me the band no longer existed so i was working at pete's candy store which is a music venue in williamsburg Mm -hmm. brooklyn and word got out that I had a gig but no band, and so a guitarist that played at the venue approached me. That and that was Greg saying, "I hear, I hear you're looking for a band. I want to be in it." And so we we came up with a band name, sitting at the bar, looking at the uh, bourbon on the on the shelf. Ah, the makers down the line, and yeah, it's like you know, Lizzie and the Jamesons, no, Lizzie and the Bullets. uh, That was kind of cool. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We almost there are like some that. pretty solid uh bourbon names, aren't there? I didn't yeah. think about that. Lizzie
1: and the old granddads, I don't know, they all kind of work <laughs> one way or another. But uh, Lizzie and the Overholts, I don't know if that would work,
0: but that would yeah. still sounds decent. I don't yeah. know, it's funny. Lizzie but, and yeah. the Jamesons is the only one I'm kind of like, eh, that's I mean, it's two names, maybe not, yeah. but like the all the other ones you just spouted out were <laughs> solid right? names, they kind
1: of work. Yeah,
0: I know, <laughs> that's and funny. That was, you
1: know, actually I have a friend who started a new band and uh i helped her name it and they're, they're called mel and the tall boys oh he's um, just sitting in concept a, all, all can of beer and i was like how about that She's like, great so if you ever need a band name just go go to a bar
0: <laughs> go to a bar and choose something something yeah. in the 40s that'd be cool yeah
1: yeah um, yeah
0: Oh, there, you yeah, go. there you go uh <laughs> <laughs> that's cool so you this newest record you put out this is the the second your second album right our
1: second full-length album, full-length
0: yeah. album. okay well t- once the band's going tell me about the first uh, little victory that you guys have had
1: um well i guess i would say two things one is we played our first festival was uh Pleasantville film music festival and that was really exciting because we were playing right before um robert randolph in the family band and oh I wow love him yeah and i was so nervous and i was like yes this is happening it's like we're opening for him he's gonna take us on tour we're gonna be best friends you know of course <laughs> that didn't that hasn't happened yet
0: but he's cool i interviewed him before
1: he's great i love yeah. him and, and you know we run into each other every now and then and um but I was very nervous that day to talk to him. Cause mm-hmm. I, so, but I would say that was like our first little victory of being like recording artists on a, on a big stage with other like really successful um, bands Art, that we admire. Yeah. Um, also, I would say that making of this recent album uh, working with two producers, uh, Reeves Gabrels, who played with David Bowie and in the 90s and is mm-hmm. in the cure um
0: oh, i he didn't know he's in the cure too wow
1: yeah since like 2012 i think for the last really?
0: like, was he played years? guitar yeah wow and,
1: yeah and then you know just having him come to a sh- one of our shows and deciding he wanted to work with us that was pretty was pretty cool
0: that's huge pretty so he valid. approached you guys
1: yeah yeah wow i know it's I still don't believe it. I'm still like, are you sure? (laughs) There's so many bands out there. Are you sure you want to work with us? But That's cool. But yeah, that was, that was a pretty good victory. It felt.
0: And then the other one on, on the record also, he produced what (laughs) Bowie and Prince. Yeah.
1: Mario uh, McNulty.
0: Yeah. There's some, yeah. And I know the name Mario McNulty. Did he work? I guess, well, they're both played with Bowie, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's how they knew each other from.
0: Okay. (laughs) So, so we, did he pull yeah, in Mario? Got yeah,
1: it. he invited Mario to one of our shows and and they had been trying to find something to do together. They were looking for a project and, and then Reese was like, I think this is the project. He invited Mario to the show and Mario was like, great. Uh, and they loved all our songs and it, it's just, it was a perfect fit. Um, but it was cool that I didn't have to, you know, that they came to us. I, I, right.
0: I mean, no, for sure. Cool. For sure. <laughs> And then when when that happens, do you have songs that you hadn't record? Like, how did once they get involved? Like, what what happens next? You guys go to the studio right away, and they're kind of helping you work through the songs. Like, what did, what role did they play in the record?
1: So we had basically sent them demos of the songs uh, that we wanted to record. Mm-hmm. And at first, it was just going to be an EP. I think we had six songs, um, and they were very. I mean. One of the things I liked about working with them is they didn't try to change our sound or they didn't really do a lot to make things sound uh, unlike us. You know, they really wanted our voices to stand out as they Uh were, but they had like little ideas, like just from their experience, little details that could be changed. Maybe play this chord instead of that chord here. Maybe make this bridge shorter, shorter, Um, you know, little things like that, but all those little things together really just polished the songs up and really kind of, um, made them stand out more, uh, more than they were before. I think Mm -hmm. we always knew we just needed like an outside perspective a little bit on the songs. When you write them, you're so inside of them. It's hard to tell, like, is this good? Is this bad? Mm -hmm. Uh, Am I overthinking this or, you know, what needs to happen here? And so that was really cool. Um, that we were able to work with them and they, they liked our authenticity and wanted to kind of champion that and not, you know, not come in and be like, we're going to make you a pop band and change everything because like, it right. seen it happen to friends and it really, uh-huh. it really never ends well. Um, yeah.
0: They're like, we're we're going to probably- make you sound like David Bowie since we were both involved with him at one point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? And we
1: were a little worried about that. We were like, what's going to happen here? Like, how weird is this going to get? And, and it just, they really enhanced what we were already doing which Mm -hmm. which was cool um and then i went through a breakup so we went back into the studio because i had
0: more material huh (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) um so and then yeah so then we made it a full album and um yeah and we're already writing i think we were like six songs into the next album so
0: wow you guys never stop working
1: yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of, sh- a lot of stuff has uh, gone down. You can down cuss, the by the
0: way. I've year. noticed that you've, okay. you've tried to hold back twice. I know. <laughs> I'm like, of- I, I should probably just say something me. that she can say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> <laughs> I curse
1: like a truck driver a little bit. Um, oh, go yeah, for it. A, a lot of shit went down.
0: Yeah, get a few out. Why not? These
1: last two fucking years. Uh, <laughs> we've had a lot lot to write about. Um,
0: yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay, well... So you have the the record out, like so. You went in as an EP, and then how long goes in between? You're going this breakup happens. I need to get back in the studio and, and put some more songs down. Like, was there a good chunk of time or no?
1: I think it was. We the first uh, day, uh, recording days were in August, and then we went back in November. Oh, okay, so not a lot of not a huge amount of time. Yeah, um, we had also had this other song. Um, already written that uh, it's called waiting for the teeth and it's like a very ambient song and mm-hmm. when we first brought it to the band uh, the our drummer at the time didn't get it which i didn't i didn't really like or care that he didn't get it i was like just play the song but <laughs> it just he wasn't vibing with it and
0: okay.
1: so we kind of shelved the song and never brought it back and then I sent it to Mario and was like, well, we have this song lying around. What do you think of this? And he's like, I'm obsessed with this song. This is the best. song." Wow. And I'm like, OK, so I guess we need a new drummer. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> you kicked them out of the band.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are, there are oh, lots of, man. you know, lots of reasons uh, behind that. But um, but yeah, you know, it's like I was talking about before. It's like sometimes you have songs and people don't get them. And it's so easy to think, well, this is a bad song. Mm-hmm. but you just have to find the right, the right audience.
0: And uh, just a bad opinion. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> wow. That's well, That's great that you had that validation from somebody that you looked up to. I mean, somebody that has cred, right. That yeah. was like, no, nah, this is the best song you've ever done. And it's like, yeah. oh, well maybe we re- rethink <laughs> the input that's coming from this side of the room. <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had no reason to, to lie to us
0: or right you know, right
1: boost our exactly. egos in any way um
0: <laughs> sure sure wow that's that that's cool and does yeah. that song make like the record or is this something that you yes. guys are working on now okay
1: yeah that one was on the record um it's pretty cool it's actually we got the title from uh i think it was an australian surfer who there was like a video going around that was viral of him basically almost getting eaten by a shark while he was surfing oh wow a boat comes and like pulls him on board as the shark is like and saves his life jaws him they asked him in an interview what what was going through his mind when he saw the shark was coming and and he said oh i was just wait i was waiting for the teeth so so we use that as the song title and and uh you know, the song is kind of about bad, bad relationships. So it's like, you feel like you're just waiting for the, the teeth to come down and, for the teeth.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> well, that's funny how that works, right? I mean, the, the it lands a record, it's their favorite yeah. song and it was one that you weren't even considering at the beginning.
1: But may never have seen the light of day and, and yeah. It's
0: pretty strange when that happens yeah very cool <laughs> um yeah it looks like you have some shows coming up so you've been playing recently enough did an album release what in september
1: uh we did or, that in november oh november and, yeah and uh yeah the record the,
0: came out in what the what?
1: record came out november
0: november t- uh 10th ish
1: yeah. ish
0: yeah okay yeah, yeah. Because the show is on November 10th, so I would get confused. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I think the record came the record for,
0: came on the fifth. Fifth?
1: Yeah, yes. 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 Okay. Yes.
0: Not <laughs> that it really matters. They're splitting hairs here, but okay. So yeah. you had a show at the cutting room for the album yeah. release. Yeah,
1: and that was great. We have another show
0: soon coming up, right? Or
1: we do. Um, we are playing at Arlene's grocery on February 17th. Mm-hmm. Um and Uh, There's also a place in Red Hook, Brooklyn that we play once a month called San Pedro Inn. And that's, you know, our, our, our lead show is more of our original stuff. Um, The monthly shows at San Pedro are like three hour sets of like fun soul music and dancing. We play our original stuff too, but, but Mm -hmm. those are really really fun uh, to go to also. And yeah, just trying to hang in there while things get canceled and rescheduled and
0: Right. What a weird world we're in.
1: I know it's I'm, I'm over it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's wild to think that what, like almost two years later ish, close to two years, we're still in the same situation that we were. I mean, it's yeah. unfortunate, but um,
1: yeah. I know I really didn't think later. we would be.
0: <laughs> I didn't think so either. I was like, yeah, it's a blow over in two weeks.
1: <laughs> right. Last but, Christmas I bought my family, like these, masks with candy canes on them because i thought oh this will be cute and then i threw them away because i'm like we're not going to need these next christmas and we certainly did and we're right still
0: here. yeah <laughs> it was like uh my wife got like uh an ornament for the tree so, uh, something to do with like toilet paper you know because it was like that was the thing right. that everyone <laughs> decided to buy which is, i still don't understand uh but like <laughs> The, it's like why not get food You're, I'm just kidding the, the toilet paper is necessary right. um, but yeah. <laughs> he has some ornament and then it's like oh we're hanging it up and was like this is this sucks this is still like something you could have got this this year and people would have been yeah. like it, it was no big deal do- like I don't know it's the same thing but um, hopefully <laughs> sooner than later it'll Bring all it come to an end we'll see
1: Eventually.
0: Yeah. I appreciate your time Lizzie you've been awesome thank you thank you I have uh, one more question for you. I want to know sure. if you have advice for aspiring artists.
1: Um, well, going back to what I was saying before, I, I, I feel like I wasted a lot of time um, doubting myself or being nervous. Mm-hmm. And I would just say, like, you got to put yourself out there and keep trying and keep pushing. Don't give up. Um you might write some bad songs. We all do. Um, But yeah, just don't waste, you know, I I really probably spent about eight years, like just being too nervous to share my music with people. And and if you can overcome that, I think that's really my best advice. Just put yourself out there. It gets easier the more you do it.